Open Windows Podcasts. A venture of Hit the Road Cultural Journeys. A journey in time to music and the arts for your enjoyment and enrichment. Presented by Orhan Ahuskal, DMA, solo violinist and former professor of violin and chamber music. Hi everybody, today I am talking with Johanna Zoller. Johanna is an organist here at the, we are actually at the Church of St. Peter in the center of Munich. And she is the organist here, but she's also a choral conductor, a harpsichordist, a Baroque music specialist. So we have much to talk about. I know that you studied here in Munich in all of these subjects, it looks like. And you finished with flying colors. It's, it was very good. Let me ask you this. Now, you work as an organist, you play harpsichord, you teach basso continuo and score playing. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. How does it feel for you going between the harpsichord and the organ? It's like changing from, you know, my Audi to the Mercedes kind of feel, or they're both keyboard instruments, but technically they're very different, obviously. Right. Yeah. Do you have any kind of adjustment time? Do you prefer one to the other at all? Yeah. Well, I started to play the organ when I was like 12 years old, after having played the piano for quite a long time. And it was actually my early 20s when I discovered the harpsichord and I, mm -hmm. well, I actually fell in love with that instrument because it is, well, they are very, very different, but the harpsichord is a very intimate instrument. The organ can be as well, but the organ is also so connected to the room, to the church where it stands. Um, it's, it has power. It has power, it has, yes. Uh, it has majesty. And it has, um, just like an orchestra, it can be so loud and, and so soft as well. But the harpsichord is, has this chamber music feeling to it. I understand, because harpsichord was meant to be played probably at palaces in small music rooms, and it's an intimate instrument. You, you know, put, if you put it in a big place, you probably wouldn't hear anything. Yeah, or that's you why just hear the some... modern piano was invented after all. Exactly. Because the harpsichord wouldn't be heard in a great concert hall. Even so. if it's a big harpsichord. Yeah, right. <laughs> with two keyboards, it still wouldn't be heard. Also, cannot sustain pitches. There's a lot of uh, other... It's a completely different instrument. Everybody thinks very similar because it has a keyboard, but a completely different idea. Even the sound production is completely different from the yeah. piano, obviously. And also from the... Organ, yeah. of course. Organ they consider as a wind instrument because the sound is created by blowing mm. wind into pipes. Mm. Can you tell me anything about St. Peter's organ here? I love this instrument. It says Kleis organ. Is this the family name? Is the maker? That's the yeah. That's the organ builder, and it's a. Um, this is a modern organ that has all possibilities to it. You can play anything on it. It's not a. It's, it's not an historic instrument, so it's not um, meant for one specific period, for one specific composer. You can play anything on it and... Do you know how many pipes it has? No I idea. I have to look it up. I've like, it's, it Cut must it be out. Okay. I have to know that. <laughs> I can remove the question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> remove. <laughs> 
Okay, now uh, you play concerts also on these organs, the church organs, and I see here there's a big list of these cathedrals that you played at the organ concerts. So you played in Riga, Latvia. Is this a modern instrument? No, this is um, one of the, well, maybe the greatest um, romantic, European romantic organ that is still as it used to be. So from the 19th century? From well. the, yeah, from the end of the 19th century. It was a church organ? Yeah, it's in the dome, in the dome, in okay. the Riga Cathedral, mm -hmm. and it's, it's huge. It is huge. Is it bigger? Because the next name here is Passau, and I know Passau is like one of the largest organs in the world. Passau is bigger, so to say, but Passau is actually five organs that can be played together. So that's that's why it's so grand. But Riga is one organ. It was designed as a single organ. Now, I, I read about the Passau one because I played a concert there some while ago, and I love the church. It's beautiful. Yeah. But again, it's, it's really boomy. Uh, and I was reading that it has like uh, 20,000 pipes, that organ. But it is five different organs. So five different organs built at different times. But from the manual, all of them could be operated from one place. Yeah, that's right. It's like a cockpit there, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it like a five manual organ there? It has five manuals, yeah. Five manuals. St. Peter has four. So right here we have four manuals because the fourth manual is also actually the choir organ, which can be played from the back of the church. Okay, let, let, let's let's like explain this a little more. Now, the organs have these two organs we talked about, but the one here in St. Peter's has four manuals, so four different keyboards. It's like a cascade mm -hmm. of keyboards. Mm -hmm. One of them is to play another organ. It's a smaller organ that's at the front of the church. Right. So that could be played from the back of the church uh, all the way to the front. Here's the question, because when you play... Uh, here in the main organ, and then we hear the small organ that's in the front of the church. Now there is certainly a time delay, so you probably don't hear the pitches as you play them. They come to you a little late. True. It's, it's quite a distance. It must be like 20-25 meters at least, maybe more. Does that actually confuse you at all? Well, not anymore, because as an organist you have to get used to that kind of problem. And, but it's, it's actually funny if you, well, if you have a look at me pressing the key and hearing like half a second later, I don't know, maybe less, but it, there is this delay that you're talking about. And you just have to play sort of with not listening parallel. Okay, you don't, because you should not be relying on your ears because when yeah. they say something to you, it's yeah. already too late. Yeah, <laughs> and that's confusing. That because then you then you get slower and slower and slower. You, know? <laughs> you wait for it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Does it become more difficult when you use both organs from the same keyboard? Because part of it you hear from the distance and part of it is right in front of you. No, that actually makes it easier because um, you, you're sitting right next to the main organ. And, and the small one doesn't make a big difference no, then? No. For people who might be wondering, why do organs have different manuals? Because they are divided into um, different, well, they have like families of stops. Like there are certain pipes that belong to the pedals. And there are certain pipes, so stops, that belong to the first manual. And certain stops belong to the second manual. And these are like families. 
Okay, so not all the pipes have the same shape. They have different shapes. Right. Some of them are round, and of course, the lower the sound, the wider and taller the pipe. It's pretty much like an orchestra. There are the strings, there are the woods, there are trumpets, woodwinds, yeah, right. But in an organ, there are like, uh, for three manuals, there are like three mini orchestras. So not not all the woodwinds belong to the third manual that would sound, that that wouldn't sound good. But um, there is a mini orchestra for the the third manual, mini orchestra for the second manual, and mini orchestra for the third uh, for the first manual. And if you put them all together, it's like huge sound. <laughs> so basically, with a single key pressed, you can play how many pipes? Like you're putting only a single finger on one of the keys, and a total of ten pipes, maybe more, can be actually played at the same time. Probably more yeah, than ten. Yeah, more than that because yeah. um, it's always a question of multiplication. Um, if you if you press one key and and have one stop, for instance, flute, one flute, this is one pipe sounding. And if you take two stops, there are already two pipes sounding by only pressing one button, uh, one one key. So how many stops do you pull out basically, and how many stops are typical in an organ, or is there an average? There has to be at least forty, fifty of them here. I know. Yeah, more than that. Okay. That would be very nice if I knew how many. <laughs> but those, the, the very, very small organs um, that are used for continual playing nowadays, at least, they have like three or four stops. Okay. Not very much. Up to over a over hundred stops. So with a single key pressed on the keyboard, you can play up to a hundred different pipes at right. the same time right. with a single finger. That's why it can be very loud right. at times. Now talking about loud, for you today we will be playing this particular piece by Olivier Messiaen, a 20th century French composer, himself an organist. Um, he was a very devout Catholic and he wrote a lot of religious music and sacred music. So today we will play maybe a couple of minutes, I don't know, um, uh, from this piece. Can, can you tell us about the piece a little bit? What it is, I listened to it, it's amazing, but uh, it's not easy to listen to. For The whole piece is about 10 minutes long, but maybe I'll play two, three minutes. Yeah. The piece is called L'Apparition de l'Église Éternelle, which means that yeah, it has this picture of a church coming nearer and nearer and getting greater and greater. It's, it's like a huge crescendo, very slow, but huge crescendo, and disappearing. So the whole piece is a one crescendo in and then a decrescendo right. out, basically. Yeah. So the middle of the piece is the loudest. Right. That's right. A church can be pictured in different ways, because church is a building, obviously, but mm -hmm. church is also meant to a be... A concept. A concept, and all the people in it. So that's not so clear, maybe. Maybe it's the picture is um, like a cathedral appearing, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. The music doesn't move very easily. It's very kind of slow and stepwise, right. and, but very slowly builds up. So it requires a lot of patience. That's actually quite common in, in Messian's works. Yeah. Like some of the movements in the Quatuor pour le fin des temps yeah. is like, one page long, but it takes 10 minutes to perform. Yeah. It's so as difficult. As slow as possible. As slow as possible. Yeah, it's, it's always not slow enough. <laughs> 
Formation. <laughs> not that's, slow that's, enough. <laughs> yeah, that, um, I, I once took a masterclass with Almut Ressler, who did a few premieres of his organ works, and, um, and she also said, well, slow is really that you, that you hardly, that you hardly can bear it. You can barely carry that. Yeah, you can barely carry the, the slowliness. Yeah. It is, sometimes people might be thinking, well, slow, slow is easy, but for string instruments, it's actually probably yeah. the hardest thing to do, right. to do something very slow because it requires so much control. Also the timing, so it's slow, but there is still a tempo. You still have to yeah. keep that regularity. And when it's slower than your heartbeat, then it's much more difficult to do, right. to carry the music. So well, it's like is... you carry the ball and then you drop it. You can't, it's so difficult not to drop the ball. Yeah, that's right. But um, that's positive about the organ because the organ has like an internal breath. <laughs> that, it, that's it, an it, advantage. It, 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 never, it never stops. It was, of course, his, his instrument and his favorite instrument. And if you listen carefully, there is not only a very slow movement to the piece, but also a rhythm in the pedals, so in the bass, which reminds um, somehow of, of a building process, like um, with a hammer or something. Construction. A construction, yeah, like, like a construction process. And maybe the apparition of the eternal... Um, of the eternal church also includes that upbuilding process because there is there has always work to be done for so uh, this rhythm is obviously not very easily audible or because it's so slow it's, it's not easy to find the rhythm is it easy to recognize the rhythm i think you can recognize okay it. so it is like brick by brick building this cathedral the eternal cathedral something like that maybe Messian also in this piece does not use time signature. This is something Messian uses to express eternity where there is no time. There's no more time or measurements of time. So time has stopped. Having no time signature for us also means that when you listen to the work, you cannot really predict what happens, what might happen next. There's no tempo marking. It just says très lent, very slow. The whole piece, in fact, fits into three pages of music and only a total of 11 lines of music, but can last up to 11 minutes. So you can imagine that a single musical line can be lasting up to one minute. That's a really, really slow music. Johanna Zoller recorded this work at the Church of St. Peter's, also known as the Old Peter in the center of Munich, on a clay's organ, which dates from 2003. Yeah. So we will listen to this construction or sacred construction, a few minutes of it, by Olivier Messian. L'apparition de uh, l'Église éternelle.
We just heard a short selection from the French composer Olivier Messiaen's La Pression de l'Église Éternelle, meaning the apparition of the Eternal Church. The piece was composed in 1932, and we just heard small sections of this piece. Messiaen was a famous ornithologist. He found, apparently, birdsong very fascinating, and he notated birdsongs and incorporated these transcriptions into his works. Now we continue talking with Johanna. We play together here at the church services. One of my favorite times when we play these services is your preludes and postludes, the pieces that you play before the service and after the service. That's always a lot of fun for me. And this is the reason I was talking about improvisation, because the length of the prelude changes depending on the procession down at the altar. And you might have to lengthen it or you have to just cut it short. That's the kind of improvisation. Like, what do you do? Did you study improvisation? I didn't mean like jazz improvisation or anything. <laughs> no, but when studying church music, that's a part of it. You, you, you have to take improvisation lessons because, yeah, obviously you need it in uh uh, in yeah. church music, you in always church do. music, right. So, because you already have, you don't improvise from scratch, you already have some music that you are playing, uh, or you will be playing, and you can take part of it, some melodic material or rhythmic material, and basically play with it. That's the idea, isn't it? Yeah, maybe a, that could be a choral, that could be a Gregorian chant, that could be basically anything. But, as you said, you have to be able to lengthen it or shorten it um, when you look in the mirror and, <laughs> and see it's time. It's time to go. <laughs> and you said mirror. I just remembered this cartoon by Hoffnung, Gerhard Hoffnung, famous cartoonist. I remember this. There's the organ player sitting at the keyboard. Of course, the organ is basically when you sit by the organ, you, if there's a conductor, the conductor is behind you. So in order to see the conductor, there's a rear view mirror yeah. there. And, and this organ is looking and there's a police car behind. <laughs> in the cartoon. <laughs> With like lights on it. Yeah. Well, Johanna, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. For because when we play together, we don't really have much time to talk, That's really, true. typically. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday morning, we have to be quiet up in the loft. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I'm sure people will enjoy listening to your recordings. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Today, my guest was Johannes Zoller, the organist at the Church of St. Peter in the center of Munich. She is also a harpsichordist and a Baroque music specialist. And do not miss our conversation about the cantatas of Johann Sebastian Bach and his contemporaries also. Thank you for joining me today at another Open Windows podcast of Hit the Road Cultural Journeys. Hit the Road is an artistic and educational project that has evolved and been developed in the last 30 years artistically to promote solo violin works that are rarely or never performed, also to educate audiences about different aspects of Western classical music. And we value your support. Please consider supporting Hit the Road Cultural Journeys and become a valued member of Hit the Road Inner Circle. Visit our page at patreon.com, type hit the road and watch our introductory video. You can support this project then by choosing a membership level and with your small monthly contributions. Hit the road needs you. Until next time, all the best. <laughs>